Hey there, and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. We've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives, and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. We pray, Father, as we come around the word right now. Lord, we'd receive it. Lord, and we wouldn't just receive it, Father, we'd be doers of it, Father God, as we go into our workplaces, universities, schools, to head into the final part of this year. We'd be carriers of the good news of Jesus this Christmas. Amen. 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 I love Christmas. I love the lights, the trees, the turkey, the mulled wine, trip to the panto, Home Alone on Christmas Eve. Anyone watch Home Alone on Christmas Eve? Love that. Love the, my favorite mother-in-law coming over. Love all the things that Christmas brings. 3 p.m., the King's Speech. I love the terrible dad Christmas jokes. Who would like a Christmas cracker joke? Just to get us in the spirit. What do you call a nose with no body? Nobody knows. He's back. All right. Thank you, Phil Lee. But do you find that every year... People seem to be putting their Christmas trees up a little bit earlier. You go into Morrison, Sainsbury's, Little, or you posh people, Marks and Spencers, okay? And everything seems to be just creeping in a little bit earlier every year. Then the big day comes, then the big day goes. But the problem is, with the Christmas spirit, it doesn't last. And after the 12 days on January the 6th, the trees come down, the lights go out, the turkey's finished, the chocolates are gone, and actually, the Christmas spirit in the office can often turn into a moody spirit. Because what was festive and fun, and it changes, and people get disappointed, people get depressed. It's cold, isn't it? And there's nothing in the foreseeable future to look forward to. So the world goes into this down season in January and February and March. Why? Because the Christmas spirit is a seasonal spirit. It's a seasonal spirit. It comes and it goes. But for the next three weeks as we jump into the Christmas story, we're not going to think or focus on a Christmas spirit. Because I think that marketing... In the supermarkets, on the radio, I think the marketing does a pretty good job in trying to get us all into a Christmas spirit. But I want to talk about the spirit of Christmas. That's going to be the title of our new series, The Spirit of Christmas. Because the spirit of Christmas is different to the Christmas spirit. Because the spirit of Christmas is the spirit of Christ. In fact, if we look at the title, there it is, the Spirit of Christ. We need to remember that the Christmas spirit and the festivities all started because of the spirit of Christmas. Our series verse comes from the book of Romans chapter 14, verses 17. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, like festivities, the Christmas spirit food and drink and laughter, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
I could rephrase it like this. The Christmas spirit is all about eating and drinking and festivities. But the spirit of Christ is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So in the next three weeks, we're going to unpack these three elements of the Holy Spirit. Next week, we're going to look at joy. And on Christmas Eve, we're going to unpack peace. But today, I want to unpack righteousness. Paul talks about righteousness in a unique way. He talks about righteousness as an eternal hope. He says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 5, he says, For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly await for the hope of righteousness. Hope, peace, and joy. The good news is, on January the 6th, we don't have to pack away hope, peace, and joy. The Christmas tree might go on the bonfire, the tinsel might go into the loft, all the celebrations might go into the cupboard, but the good news is hope, peace, and joy can be gifts that stay with us because there is a difference between the Christmas spirit and the spirit of Christmas. And we've got to be careful we don't mix up the two. So I want to talk this morning about the spirit of hope, the spirit of hope. Two short verses today we're going to share, and before we do, I want to just, just explain a little context around these verses. They're about the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel feels abandoned, disappointed, disillusioned, let down. It's under a foreign rule, Assyrian rule, and they placed their hope in other gods. And in the middle of their pain and in the middle of their uh, disillusionment and affliction, there is a glimmer of hope which emerges. God sends a promise of redemption through the prophet Isaiah. And this is what he says in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. I think if we study or look at this text hard enough, we can actually see a picture of Jesus right here. The shoot that Isaiah is describing is actually baby Jesus, the savior of the earth, the one that we will be celebrating over these next three weeks. In fact, this is the Bible's very first mention of Christmas, 700 years before Jesus' arrival. The hope which, which God gave Isaiah and Isaiah gave Israel is the hope today that we can hold on to. And it's a certain type of hope. Who knows that there is different hopes? There's different hopes. You know, there's the, the, the hope that you're going to get something nice for Christmas this year. You know, our kids, I hope you, Daddy, I hope you get me this. I hope you get me that. Or maybe you're a sports fan and you hope your sports team will win next Saturday. I hope, I hope, and sometimes we, we place hope in so many different things, but Isaiah was not describing a hope which comes and goes like the Christmas spirit. He was talking about a different spirit. He was talking about the spirit of Christ. And in these two verses, it gives us four steps to holding on to hope in this Christmas season and into the new year. Now, the first step is, it's a strange one from this scripture. It says, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. The first step is we have to identify the stump. The stump. 
wonder what Isaiah was talking about. Because the prophet Isaiah, he did not have a Christmas tree, he had a Christmas stump. Jesse was King David, David who killed Goliath. This was his dad, Jesse. This is who he's talking about. And that stump which Isaiah was referring to was all that was left of King David's kingdom. And Isaiah describes Israel as bare, withered, like a tree stump, robbed of its trunk. It will never bear any more fruit. Israel's been abandoned, held captive, and all that's left of its history is just a stump. For us, this verse represents something that maybe has been cut down in our lives. You see, we've all got stumps. We've all got things that maybe once lived. We've all got things that maybe have been cut down or people who've hurt us. The pain we've been through. I know for some of you, you've been through loss this year and you've lost something. And all that's left in the ground is an old stump. Maybe a dream, a desire, a marriage. And all you're left with is the divorce paper. All you're left with is the memories. All you're left with is the pain. You've been promised so much that all you have is just a stump in the ground. We all have stumps. Maybe you feel like 2023 has cut you down to, to a stump. You've lost something. Maybe you were promised something. Maybe someone stole from you. You had something, but it's gone. And so many people in our city, they're living with stumps. They're living with disappointment. Because that stump, it represents a disappointment. And Isaiah, he's speaking to the people of Israel. And he's saying, you know what? You had something, but it's now gone. It's just a stump. The problem is with disappointment, because that's what the majority of our stumps are, is it can actually become a disease in our lives. I had an old stump in my back garden for a few years, and I decided to get rid of it. Because when the gardener came over, he said, you need to get rid of that stump, John, because it's causing disease to the vegetation around you. you know, there's stumps in our lives that causing Disease, disappointment causes disease if it's not treated. King Solomon put it like this. He said in Proverbs 13, 12, he said, hope deferred or hope removed makes the heart sick. You see, when you remove hope, you become sick. A lot of people battling with their mental health, battling with depression, battling with so many things in our world and our heart breaks at suicide, our heart breaks at some of the things that are happening around us. We're seeing people's lives being battered and beaten. But the root cause is there's no hope. There's no hope. And we might be looking forward to Christmas because the Christmas spirit might just plaster over some of those problems that we face. And we can eat some extra food and drink some, 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 some drink, whatever you drink. And you can do whatever you do and dance the way you want to dance. And, but the problem is January the 6th will come around. And the plaster comes off. And you're still left with the same situation. The old stump is in the ground. I actually think depression, anxiety, and stress are actually all byproduct of a, a lack of hope in people's lives. King Solomon says, when you remove hope, you become sick. And so what do we do? We just accept our stumps. That's just the way it is. Life just disappoints you. People let you down, and we just live with stumps in our life. One of the famous passages from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11, 
Many of you have heard this before, but it says, For I know the thoughts and plans I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. Let's say this together. To give you a future and a what? And a hope. We are committed as a church to bringing hope to people's lives. I hope that when you drove up down Mason Road, the first, the first slogan you saw was Jesus, hope of the world, because that's what people are missing. That's the very thing that could be the thing to help people overcome depression and anxiety and stress is to put hope back in their lives. You know, you can live in health when you live in hope. Say that again. You can live in health when you live in hope. Maybe the thing that we need to prescribe to people more of is hope. Hope. But the challenge with hope is you cannot hope if you live with disappointment. You, you cannot have both. You can't be disappointed on one hand and hope in the other. You've got to make a decision on the 10th of December, 2023, I'm moving past the stump. I'm letting go of the stump. Because if you do not let go of the stump, you can never grasp onto hope. Unless we deal with the, the stumps of disappointment, it is impossible to hope. I meet people who were disappointed two, three, four years ago. They didn't deal with it, and it's now a disease. It is literally a disease. If you're writing notes, take this down. Unchecked disappointment will spread. Unchecked disappointment will spread, and it will cause a disease in your life. It spreads into our thinking, into our language. We get so disappointed. We even, we even ask, is this even worth living for? Should I even bother eating good things, sleeping, working out? And some of us have made ourselves physically sick through that old stump. Through that old stump. Through disappointment. And all the time you have disappointment in your life, you can't hold on to hope. You know, the devil is not bothered about you being a Christian. He's bothered about you being a hope-filled one. Because a Christian that lives in hope causes, enemy to the, uh, causes problems to the kingdom of darkness. That's why this message is so critical before we head into a new year. Righteousness, hope, and peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This isn't the Christmas spirit. This is the spirit of Christmas. And we get to hold on to these three attributes of God's spirit as we head into 2024. You know, the enemy is so committed to destroying people's lives. I've never been more aware of how the enemy is committed to destroying people's lives as I have in 2023. The main way that the enemy is so subtle he takes people out is through disappointment. You know, God has a roadmap for your life. John 10.10. I have come that you might have life. God wants you to live not just a life but an abundant life. But the enemy has a roadmap as well. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. Now, I'm not going to dwell on this for long, but I need to be really honest with you right now. You know I like speaking truth. Well, here's some real home truth. The enemy has three signposts for your life. Number one is disappointment, which is the one we're dealing with today. It's the stump of disappointment. It's where it starts. We get let down. We lose our job. Relationships break up, things in church don't go the way we think, and we get disappointed. But unchecked disappointment spreads, yeah? 
what happens next is disappointment turns into depression. We get depressed. This is the enemy's next step. And what, how do you know if you're depressed? A few signs. You find yourself running away from things. If you're constantly running away from things, church, group, people, trying to dodge things, that is early signs of depression. Backing out of relationships. Maybe making poor decisions impulsively is a sign of depression. Maybe work, life, everything just seems pointless. Complaining all the time that you want to quit and you want to give up. But where did it start? It started with the stump of disappointment. And it leads to depression. And you say, well, isn't that enough for the enemy? No, he doesn't stop there. He steals disappointment. He destroys. This is what the Bible says. He says he kills. The third D is sadly death. It's the final destination. The devil will never stop at disappointment or depression. He literally wants to take people out. Suddenly, a disappointing moment develops into a suicidal thought. We've got to recognize the enemy. And some of you, you know what I'm talking about. I want to, I want to just say this before we move on. If you are thinking that death might help you today, I urge you to come and speak to someone. I urge you to speak to someone. We're going to open this altar up at the end. We want to pray for you today. Talk to someone before you leave. Do not allow the stump of disappointment to turn into depression and for the enemy to whisper, there's no need for you anymore. Hope is connected to health. The spirit of hope today, not the Christmas spirit. Because more people feel depressed and suicidal at Christmas and in January than any other time of the year. So that tells me that Christmas spirit isn't what we need. We need the spirit of Christmas. We need the spirit of hope. We need the spirit of joy. We need the spirit of peace. We need something that's not just, it's something eternal. Something eternal for us to hold on to. The spirit of hope breeds health. I love what Romans 5, 5 says, says this. And hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Look at that. This kind of hope, the spirit of hope, does not disappoint. You will not be disappointed. Some of you, you might get disappointed that you invited someone to your house this Christmas and they don't show up. You might be disappointed in your presence. You might be disappointed in things that have happened this year. But I want to encourage you, the hope that does not disappoint because it has been poured out from the love of God. That's the hope we hold on to. So the question is today, what's your stump? What's the thing that has the potential to take you out? We've got to identify the stump, the thing in our life that we haven't dealt with, disappointment. The second step here is we've got to recognize the shoot. It says, a shoot will come up. A shoot will come up. That's a promise. Isaiah comes along and says, we're all focusing on the stump, and yes, we need to identify and recognize that disappointment and deal with, but you cannot live there. You cannot live in Stumpville. Sorry if you live in Stumpville, if that is such a place. We have to recognize the shoot. You know, we get so focused on the stump, the disappointment, the pain, the past, 
we miss, there's a picture going to come up, we miss that in the middle of the stump, there is a green shoot. There is a green shoot. I cut a tree down in my garden a while ago, and I left it. <laughs> it was a dilemma, do we or don't we? And we did, but that's for another day. We left it for a while, and after a couple of years, this little green shoot started coming out of the side. Because deep, deep, deep down in the root system of that stump, something was still alive. And Isaiah points out their current reality. He says, your current reality is not your future possibility. Israel, your current reality is not your future possibility. I don't know what your current reality is that you face and the disappointments and the pain that you, but it is not your future possibility. Today, there is still hope. However bad life might be right now, however ugly that stump is, however you feel like it's finished, I want to encourage you, do not give up. There is still life in the stump. There is still life that can spring forth. Hold on to hope. Just maybe in the middle of your disappointment, maybe in the middle of that divorce, maybe in the middle of that heartache and in the middle of that sickness, just maybe God is planting a seed and there will be a shoot that will come out. And out of your greatest mess will come your greatest message. Many of you know Chantel's story about what happened to her as a little girl. And this isn't the time to share that. But all I know is out of her greatest mess has come her life message. She now gets to travel all over this world and talk to women who've been abused and speak hope and life. And if God can do this in me, God can do it to you. And God can bless you. And God can help you. In the middle of that old stump in your life, could it be that there is a spring, a shoot of hope? Maybe what is dead could come back to life. Maybe that thing that you've said is dead, it's finished. There's no hope in my marriage. There's no hope in my job. There is no hope in this relationship. Maybe the thing that is dead, actually there's more life in it than you've given it credit for. Isaiah 43, 19 says, see, I am doing a new thing. He didn't say I am doing a new thing. He said, see, you got to see it before it happens. See, I am doing a new thing. It springs up. It comes out of nowhere. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. New life in an old stump begins way down in that root system. Way down. We have to keep hope alive in our hearts before it becomes alive in our lives. Hope begins on the inside. The Christmas spirit says it begins on the outside and works its way into the inside. The spirit of Christmas starts on the inside and works its way onto the outside. Eternal hope is a seed on the inside. The spirit of hope is about finding hope from the inside out. You may be sick on the, on the outside, but you've got to keep seeing yourself as well on the inside. You might be broke on the outside, but you see financially free on the inside. Many of you know in 2006, the church burnt down. And I took that photo. I drove up the next day and took that photo. 
What a mess. Nearly 18 years ago, what a tragedy on the outside. On the outside. The stump looked dead. It looked buried. It looked like nothing could ever spring out of that. It looked like you couldn't have a service in there. What a mess. What the pain, the disappointment. Just a few days later, people gathered to pray on that site. And the prophets began to rally. And they began to speak seeds of life into the very core of that burnt out stump into the very core, into, even though it made no sense. They started to see things in the spiritual, the things that were not as if they were. And just a few weeks ago, we gathered to pray. We gathered to raise the cross. And there it is on the outside. Now, here's the thing. The devil might be able to get to your outside, but do you allow him to get into the inside? Because he got to the outside of the church, and he put, but he couldn't steal the seed of vision. He could not steal the seed that was planted on the inside. For some of you, you've allowed the enemy to get on the inside, and he'll always attack the outside. In this world, you will have trouble. But take, take what? Where's the heart? On the inside. We know the devil will go after the outside, but you have a decision whether you let him in on the inside. You've got to make a decision today. There might be stumps and disappointment and depression, and there might be things all on the outside, but you're not getting on the inside. You're not getting on the inside. There's been times I've preached up here, and I've been sick on the outside, but I've been well on the inside. I've been well on the inside. I want to speak hope right now into your innermost being. You're going to make it through. Someone needs to hear this today. I'm speaking to your inside. You're going to make it through. You're going to be married. Someone needs to shout amen. Who's going to be the first to walk down the aisle in the new building? Can you see it? Can you see it? You're going, to be, you're going to be justified in that situation. Well, John, it doesn't make any sense. No, but can you see it on the inside? You've got to see it. Who needs justification? Who's got an error of their life? They've been accused of something, but you need just... God's going to justify you. Lady with blonde hair. God's, God's seen it all. God knows the facts, and God's going to justify you. Stand and see. Stand and see. Believe it on the inside. Believe it on the inside today. You're going to get your kids back. Someone's had their kids taken off them in a messy situation. You don't need to put your hands out. I don't want to embarrass you, but God's going, to, God's going to bring them back. Well, you could say, well, how's it going to happen? I don't know, but do you see it on the inside? Do you see it on the inside? Because it begins on the inside. Isaiah said, do you see the shoot? Do you see, are you so focused on the pain and the disappointment? Because let me tell you, we could pass the microphone around. We could all talk about our disappointments and our hurts and our pains. Or do we look at the shoot? There's something in the middle of all that. Something is springing up. Something is coming up. Your debt is going to be cleared. You're going to see salvation in your family. You've got to hope on the inside before you experience it on the outside. Number one, you've got to identify the stump. Number two, you've got to recognize the shoot. Number three, 
You've got to speak to the branches. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his root. A branch, a branch will bear fruit. A branch with fruit. Israel says, Isaiah, sorry, says to Israel, this branch, this dead stump, this thing that was so disappointing, this thing that has knocked you back, this has the potential to bear fruit. Hope is available today in your situation. First of all, if you deal with the disappointment, identify the shoot by seeing it, and then you have to speak to it. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You can't see faith, you have to speak faith. You have to declare faith into your situation. Job 14.7 says, For there is hope for a tree when it is cut down, that it will, it will, that's a promise, it will sprout again, and its shoots will not fail. Though its roots grow old in the ground, its stump dies in the dry soil, at the scent of water, it will flourish and put forth springs like a plant. What do you do with your shoot? You get it into water. What is the water? The water is the word of God. You water your shoot First of all, you've got to see it, and then you've got to speak life into that dead stump. You've got to speak life into that situation. My children are away from God. That's the outside, but you've planted a seed of hope, and so I declare household salvation over my family, over my children. It will come to pass. You speak it by faith. When God first saw darkness, he didn't say, oh my goodness, it is dark. He didn't go back up to heaven and have a board meeting with the angels saying, you'll never guess what's going down on there. It is dark. I'm in trouble. What did he do? He spoke to the darkness. The third verse in the Bible, God speaks to the darkness and he says, let there be light. He doesn't sit back. He speaks to it. He sees the darkness and then he speaks life over dead places. He speaks light over darkness. You see the darkness. You see the disappointment. You see the things that are happening and you speak the power of the resurrection of Christ. Do not run from darkness or disappointment. Speak to it. Do not use your words to describe your situation. Use your words to speak to your situation. We do not run from darkness or disappointment. We speak to it. We speak to it. A few months ago, there were some challenges for the building. Chantel said, what are you doing? I said, I've got to drive to the building. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm just going to speak to it. Literally drove up there and spoke over it. The things that they were not as if they were. If anyone was walking their dog or mouse hole, they thought I was a madman. We started seeing change and turnaround and blessing. You have to speak to that thing. You've got to speak to it. The things that are not, you speak life into them as if they were. You look at that old stump and say, I know that you've tried to disappoint me. I know that you've even tried to depress me or even tried to kill me. But the things that were meant for evil, God is going to turn around for his good. So I speak life over my mind. I speak life over my marriage. I speak blessing over my finances. I speak health over my sick body. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power and of love and of sound mind. That is the spirit of Christmas.
I'm getting excited today. Knock, knock. Joel said it like this. Joel 3.10, he said, let the weak. Let the weak say what? Anyone feeling weak here today? So what do we do? I am what? My mind is strong. My body is strong. My marriage is strong. My spirit is strong. Come on, I, I am strong. Don't tell me, tell God, I am strong. Now tell the devil, I am strong. I am strong. I am strong on the inside. Even though the outward might be getting to me a little bit, I am strong on the inside. Your business is going to bear fruit. You're going to overcome that addiction. What did Jesus do when he, he saw the fig tree? He didn't look at it, he spoke to it. He spoke to demons and they fled. He spoke to the sick and they were healed. He spoke to the dead and they lived. He even spoke to the devil. He said, it is written three times. It is written. He will have whatever he says. Whoever speaks to this mountain will be removed and cast into the sea. It's amazing what happens when you start speaking to the outside. The innermost person begins to get stronger. Can you see the power of hope in a person's life now? I'm not talking about a Christmas spirit. I'm talking about the spirit of Christmas. Identify the stump. Recognize the shoot. Speak to the branches as the team come up. And number four is rest in his promise. Verse two says, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Isaiah says to the people, now, you've seen the stump, you've seen the shoot coming up, you've even seen... The branches begin to develop. But here's my promise. I'm going to send you a deliverer. And God cannot break a promise. A few hundred years later, Jesus arrived as a baby in a manger. Just a little shoot of hope. My prayer over the next few weeks is that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christmas will come upon you. We wouldn't be just entertained by a Christmas spirit. Let me tell you, we'll get into the Christmas spirit and we'll dance and we'll have fun and eat lots of naughty food. But there's something greater this Christmas. It's the presence of Jesus. God said, it will happen. It will happen. God's promised you, children, rest in his promise. God's promised you reconciliation with family members. It will happen. You've got to rest in it. God's promised you health and wholeness. It will happen. We've got to rest. I love the way Isaiah phrases this to the, the people of Israel because they're so unrested. So much disappointment. He says, now I want you to rest. Rest. We have this rest, this hope in Christ. I wonder how much better Christmas would be this year if we just rested in his promise. His promise. God's got you. The same God that got you through 23 will get you through 24. The same God that provided for you in 23 will be the same God who will provide for you in 24. The same God who got you through your darkest valley 
will get you through your darkest valleys of 24. I want to feel the Christmas spirit, but I want an even greater spirit to come on me this Christmas. It's the spirit of Christ. As I close out 2023, I long for more of his spirit than any other spirit in my life. More of his peace, more of his joy, and more of his hope. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Wow. Rest on you. The peace that God gives is not like the world gives. It's a different kind of peace. It's a different type of hope. It's a different type of joy. I'd love everyone to stand as we, we, as we close. I know for some of you, it's been a disappointing year. And there's many stumps in the garden of your life. There's maybe even depression that's formed or hurt and pain. But you're saying today, John, I, I want to deal with those stumps of disappointment because I realize if I don't deal with that stump, it can actually cause problems in my life, my friendships, my language, how I see myself. Down the front here, we call this an altar. And in the Old Testament, an altar wasn't a come and get blessed, fill me up. It was a come and bring something of sacrifice. You'd come and sacrifice something to God. And today, I want us, if you are holding on to the stump of disappointment and pain, I want you to bring your sacrifice. I want you to bring it to the foot of the cross today. Start coming now. If you feel comfortable, just step out of your seat. We're going to come. I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray that the Spirit of Christ will rest upon you. You do not have to carry disappointment and pain and hurt. That's it. You come. You come. You come. You come. Come as you are. You're saying, I'm not going to carry this stump, this disappointment into 2024. God, I need you to help me. God, help me with this pain. Just step as far forward as possible so we can get as many. You come right now. Don't worry what people think around you. You're bringing your disappointment. You're dealing with your stump. Thank you, Jesus. The enemy's strategy, let me tell you, the enemy's strategy is always to put hope to sleep. Because when hope goes to sleep, disappointment wakes up. Today, we are putting disappointment to sleep. Before we can speak hope into your life, we've got to deal with disappointment. Rejection. Deal with the past, the suffering. Because hope wants to come alive in your heart. But it begins by letting go of disappointment. So we're going to worship together in our prayer team. I'm going to join in and come and pray. We're just going to worship. And I want you as... I want you guys just to stretch out your hands and begin to pray for our dear church family in front of us. Going through this pain of letting go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We let go right now in Jesus' name. Bring your disappointment. Leave it at the feet of Jesus. Amen. I want to pray for us today, not just for those at the front, but... You've been looking for hope on the outside. You've been searching for hope in all the places and it keeps letting you down. But today I want to declare to you that victory begins on the inside. It starts on the inside. 
And today, if you're saying today, John, I need victory on the inside. I've let so much pain and hurt and disappointment in on the inside, but today I wanna receive the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of hope. Would you just lift up your hand right now? Let me declare hope on the inside, on the inside. The devil might have got to the outside, but today you're making a decision. I will not allow you residence on the inside. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, we declare victory today over every life, over every situation, those watching online, those in their beds, those who are sick. Lord, I speak hope on the inside of every person's life. We pray for new shoots of life, new shoots, Father God, of vitality and health and strength in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's bless God. Thank you, Jesus. Step three is speak to the branches. Isaiah spoke to that green shoot. Romans 4:17 says, call the things that are not happening as if they already were. You gotta call them out. What's not happening in your life right now that you're believing God for it to happen? I don't know, you know. Now call it into being. Call it into being. Speak it out. This is where faith is activated. You recognize the disappointment, disappointment, you see the potential, and now you speak it out. Faith has to be spoken. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing from the Word of God. So now I want you to speak it out. Speak it out. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory. In glory. If you're feeling lonely today, the Bible says that God places the lonely in families. Declare it out. Declare it out. If you're feeling sick today, by His stripes, I am healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you're dealing with mental health right now, my God has not given me a spirit of fear, of power, of love, of a sound mind. I speak a sound mind into every broken mind right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, before we finish, we're gonna rest in His promise. We're gonna rest in the spirit of Christmas, the spirit of hope. Allow God's spirit right now to come and rest upon you. Let me just to hold your hands out if you feel comfortable. Say this out loud, Father God, I pray that this Christmas, your spirit would come and rest upon me. Father, may nothing distract us from the true spirit of Christmas. I speak hope, I speak peace, I speak joy over my family, over my loved ones. I thank you that hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. This will be the greatest Christmas of my life.
service and what an incredible sense the presence of God and earlier in the service I asked you this question I asked you what's the greatest Christmas present you've ever received I want to talk about the greatest present you can ever receive because it's a gift the Bible says in John 3:16 that God so loved the world that he gave he gave Jesus as a gift for you. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. It's free. God sent His Son for you. You say, why did He do that, Steve? To forgive you of all of your sin, all of your mess, all of your mistakes. And not only does He forgive all of that, He gives you an eternal hope, which Pastor John talked about. Let me ask you, have you received that gift, the greatest gift you can ever receive. You say, Steve, how, how do I receive that gift? It's easy. You, you open your heart and you invite Him in through a prayer. And every week in Soul Church, we take a moment, a private moment between you and God, so you have the opportunity to pray that prayer, to receive that gift. It's the greatest gift you can ever receive. So we're going to do it. I'm going to ask everyone just to bow your heads and close your eyes. This is a moment between you and God. You say, Steve, I know I need to get right with God. Friend, this is your moment. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. And if you say, Steve, I know I need to get right with God. I need to take that first step, pray that prayer. Then I want you simply to slip your hand up high enough and long enough for me to see it. Then you can put it back down. Or maybe you're in the room and you once walked with God, but you know you're not currently in a right relationship with Him. You've walked away, you've drifted away. But today in His presence, you know you need to come home. Then when I count to three, you too, just lift up your hand high enough and long enough so I can see it. If you're watching online, you want to make this decision, you pop it in the chat. But right here in this room, I'm going to count to three. And I'd love to know who I'm praying for so you can receive this gift. Are you ready? When I count to three, you lift up your hand. One, two, three. That's it. All across this room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, this is amazing. Thank you at the back. It's incredible. Unbelievable. What a great Christmas gift. Here's what we're going to do. I would love to pray with you. In fact, I'd not only love to pray with you, I would love to meet you right here at this altar. There were so many hands that went up. I would love to take a moment to shake you by the hand. Then we're going to pray that prayer together. But there were so many hands. So why don't you turn to the person next to you, say, hey, would you come with me to meet with Steve? I'm going to shake you by the hand. We're going to sing this and then we're all going to pray. So come on, let's give them a round of applause. You come. I'd love to meet with you down here. Receiving the greatest gift they'll ever receive. So here's what we're going to do. On the screen in a moment, you're going to see a prayer. We're all going to repeat it, the whole church, with you. I'll say the first line. You mean this from your heart. So come on, church. Let's all pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me to forgive all my sin and failures so that I can have a brand new start. 
please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and live for you. Amen. And Father, every one of these people is precious, incredibly precious to you. And I thank you that right now you are come into their heart, come into their life. You've forgiven them of their past and given them an eternal hope. So would you lay your hands upon them now, bless them and keep them and may your face shine upon them in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. That's awesome, guys. Congratulations. So just for one moment, this will literally only take two moments. There's a little room over there. The team are just going to go over there and give you a gift, answer any questions that you've got. It won't take long. So come on, church. Why don't we congratulate all of those people? Thanks again for tuning in. If you said yes to Jesus today by saying the salvation prayer, we'd love for you to email connections at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision you just made. And if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, head to soulchurch.com. And don't forget to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching at Soul Church UK. Take care and God bless.